0: Well, hello, Sarah Dwin. We made it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How much fun is this? Welcome to the Witch Next Door podcast. Yay! (laughs) Oh, my first podcast as well. How very exciting. Okay. So I wish that there was video for these things sometimes because no one knows what's going on behind the scenes here, but it has been... An exciting day, and spring is living up to its name in, like, all the freaking ways around here. (laughs) It's been been exciting. (laughs) For those of you who are not familiar with Life of the Cove, my homeschool page, um, I do have three boys on the autism spectrum that I homeschool, and we're a little bit of what you would call wild schoolers, and the um, show of Mother Nature on our property has not let us down this spring at all we've had mating snakes and skinks and we just watched a snake digest an entire mouse so (laughs) excited hashtag boy mom for life (laughs) yeah wow just think you offered to fly across the pond and babysit them
1: I would do that, I, I I, would have them in line, military style in line, uh, <laughs> we wouldn't be looking at eight snakes though, because I'm terrified, <laughs> but um, yeah.
0: I love it, I love it, so like I mentioned, uh, my dear friend Sarah Edwin, she is from across the pond, you want to tell us a little bit about where you hail from?
1: Yeah, Um. so I live in England, um, on the borders of Wales. Um, my family are Welsh. My grandparents are Welsh. My dad is Welsh, so I spent a lot of time in Wales growing up. Um, and my ancestors are Welsh all the way back. My great granddad, you know, all the way back. Um, so we spent a lot of time at family houses um, in Wales throughout the year when I was growing up. And then I lived there for a while. And now um, I live. Yeah, I live here in England.
0: That's so wonderful. I can only imagine that you probably had quite a countryside experience growing up.
1: I did. Well, I grew up in the city in London um, or okay. the outskirts of London, um, which is where my mom's a teacher. That's where she works. So that's where I grew up. But my grandparents lived in the country, Well, still live in the countryside, both sets of grandparents. Um, so, every month we were shipped off to go um for a weekend or for a week or for part of the summer holidays uh easter holidays christmas holidays to go off and and be in the countryside so um i was and i was a little wild thing it was a different time you know even in london (laughs) we wandered off you know off on our bikes with a sandwich and came back when we were hungry and we would wander off into the woods at my grandparents house and we would just little wild things really tangled hair dirty feet all the things um and I don't think children, I know your children, because of where you live and the way you homeschool, they get to, to live that kind of life. But I think a lot of children today don't necessarily get to do that. So I think it's a really wonderful uh, experience that I had in that way at childhood.
0: Yeah, no, most kids don't. There is a thing called nature deficiency. It is real. I think it affects adults. So just as much because. I think just like you were sitting there reminiscing and, you know, off on our bicycles with nothing but a sandwich, that there are so many adults between our ages, because we, we, there's a little gap between us, um, but most adults had those experiences as kids, and those are some of like the best times of our life when we were so carefree, and I think that people have this idea Um, that they grow up and they have to stop all of that, that wandering. And and it's something that I see you still do. And, you know, I still do is we wander, Um, we wander the Hills, we wander the woods, we go on and and we allow ourselves to shut down and listen and Mm -hmm. things. Um, And I think that this time, you know, we came on to do this call for Beltane. I think that that's one of the most important things about Beltane is reconnecting with nature, all of the seasonal Sabbaths really give us that opportunity to reconnect with nature, with its seasons, with its cycles. Um, And even as adults, I think we can tap back into that, that wide eyed wonder if we allow ourselves the time to do that. So yeah, with beltane approaching around the corner um if you're not familiar with what a Sabbath is um it refers to the wheel of the year which is a calendar um sarah one's actually probably more of an expert on this sort of thing than i am um there are eight and there are there are four major ones four minor ones and beltane is considered a major one probably only second if that to sowin um, and yeah. that is because of that thinning of the veil i think is it marks a quarter point in the year or a more halfway point, I should say, in the year. And as you know, you would come back around to Sawin, that time of the year is actually considered the new year as, as things die off from the old year and we move into the new. So we're at like that halfway mark right now on the wheel. And, you know, Beltane, a lot of times we were talking about this yesterday, has to do with fertility, spring, you know, flowers, the maypole um even protection protection is a big thing um the celts would often and, and i believe the welsh did this too where they would pass the cattle and livestock through the two fires
1: yeah it depends which part of the country you're from um which mm-hmm. part of the country you're in um but yeah it was, it's in a lot of different parts of the british isles it was some, that was something that was done yeah, yeah, I thought
0: that was, and that was something we covered on our Witch Next Store, the Cauldron Cartel um, group. We have a private group for people who are really looking to dig into the Sabbaths, um, and we talked about the fires and different ways to incorporate that into our modern lives, because most of us don't really have cattle, but we can still do the symbolism of passing between the fires for protection and blessings like they like they used to do. But one of the things the that they... The yeah jumping across the flame. I warned people off of that one only because I've seen that go terribly wrong for some individuals that may have had a little bit too much to drink, a little bit too big of a fire, you know, testosterone, peer pressure. Um, yeah, it can, it can get dangerous. So jump a candle perhaps.
1: The pub, gently across to your partner across the fire yeah. the terrified yes.
0: <laughs> there's there's another good option for utilizing the crossing of the flames there's lots of safe ways to do it I'm sure please always practice safety with fire I love fire it's a, one of the four elements that major elements that we use in uh the craft and one of my favorites for sure Um, But one of the things that people would protect themselves against that we don't really talk a lot about with Beltane is the fairies. And I reached out to a couple of different friends over the past week because I have to admit, this was not something that I really knew a lot about. I've seen some fairies in my life and we're going to talk about that. Um, But the, the word fairy we're going to get into because it is used kind of across the board now and everything Mm -hmm. is clumped in as being a fairy. And, and I referred when cared, and I were talking the other day was that um, the word Coke in the South, there's Coca-Cola, the actual drink Coca-Cola, but in the South, we just refer to every kind of soda as a Coke. And so a lot of people tend to just refer to every kind of unknown energy That catches their eye, light orbs and nature spirits and the little people and uh, the hinky punk, like you told me. So what is a fairy? What that that's the first thing we're going to talk about here is what is what is a fairy?
1: So I had to look up where the word comes from because I knew it wasn't an original word, but I didn't know I know. But it comes from the word "fairy" comes from literature, Middle English literature, so around about the thirteenth century, um, and it's a French word. Uh, it was adapted from a French word, um, and it's a it's a sort of catch all term used in usually sort of romantic folk type literature um, for little for the little people. Um, and it's in it, over time, particularly in the Victorian era, there began to be this idea that fairies are, you know, little little Tinker with wings and tutus and little feet, and they flit around, you know, uh, very pretty little things. Um, and so, the so the the idea of the fair the fairy is not, I think, it's a really inaccurate term because. Fair, what we what we think of as, as fairy or fae folk now are what we would have called the little folk, um, what in Celtic history and Celtic literature, which is where this comes from. Um, so that so to go back the, the cre- so these creatures that we think about, um, when we're talking about fairies and fae, if we're not talking about the Victorian tinkerbells, um, they the original literature was talking about um goblins and pixies and um. Hinky punks and the, the, um, the, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, I think it's pronounced she, the she, the Irish she, it's uh-huh. spelled differently. Um, so though, it, it, those little folk, um, and it's a catch-all term for those. So the term fairy, a fairy is is it's, it's not really a thing. It's a nice word. I'm very fond of um, fantasy literature, and it's, it's it, you know, it's a great thing in, in that respect in terms of a literary device. But it in ter- what we're talking about when we talk about fairies is sort of magical creatures. You might be talking about the little folk, which is what we think about, you know, they dance in the circle circles and you might they they live in the hollows within the earth or they come from a a magical land or we might be talking about goblins, pixies, elves, sprites, all kinds of things depending on where you are. Um, So the term so in terms of what is a fairy depends on what context you're talking about it I guess.
0: Okay so it is sort of a catch-all term um, that people generally we'll use, like you said, to refer to any yeah. of those. Now you mentioned briefly, but I think the word fairy became really popular um, around a certain period. And that's where we started to associate with the um, pixie-like images and the wings and this sort of thing. What, what? Can you tell me some more about that era in particular and, and what started that fascination?
1: Yeah, I mean, so that you, you see it, First, as I, I had to look this up, but you see it first in Middle English literature. So um same same time as the Mort d'Arthur is where it apparently originates from, um which is of the, the tales of King Arthur, um so which are from the thirteenth century. Thirteenth, yeah, about thirteenth century. Mm-hmm. Um so it, that, that it's originally found in that. And then when you get to the sort of 18th century, the Victorian era, it really caught on. There was a Beginning of um, a revival of Celticity, people began to be interested in a little bit in where they came from, whereas before the interest had been in Greece and Rome and classic the classical period and. Um, you know and then but the people began to be interested in where they came from they began to record folk tales and they they started the the word fairy and the imagery really comes from there um pictures in books and paintings um and this romanticization of Celticity um romanticization I'm not sure it's a word but <laughs> the romanticism of Celticity um it comes from that period it's 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 a romantic ideal of Celticity.
0: And I feel like we're in that period again, we have been probably for, you know, know, 50 years or so, maybe maybe not quite that much, but it seems like more and more people are becoming interested in their backgrounds and in their history. And I love to see people trying to reconnect to their roots and their heritage. So many of us have no idea where we even came from if it wasn't for some of these blood tests and and saliva. (laughs) (laughs) You can mail it in and find out where you came from. But I think that again, that we're all longing for these connections, whether it's through our DNA and our heritage or just connecting to the earth that we're all from. And there's that mystery of where did we come from? How did we get here? And what else do don't we know about? I mean, there's so much in this world that we don't know, which is why I have raised my children. I believe in fairies. I believe in mermaids until you prove to me that these things are not real. I'm going to believe in it because I think it's very, um, I want to say pompous of humans to think that they know every plant and every creature that exists. I don't think we, I think there's more out there than what we what we think there might be. Now, what is the biggest misconception right now you think about fairies?
1: I think the biggest thing I see is people say I'm going to work with the fairies um, I'm going to or they're going to invoke them. Um, and i think it's a misconception that they are this these sort of Tinkerbells, these pretty little things or that they are helpful um in some way because you know when you go back to the actual stories and the actual older folk <laughs> tales they're, they're not necessarily uh, we'll bring greenery into our house in the winter to give them a safe home so that they won't cause havoc around your house people the ancient Celts have bells outside their house to ward off um these these beings because they didn't want them in their house you have stories about them um, taking children and they put there There were certain things they put around the cradles of their children to protect them from these things um, whichever type of being it might whichever type of fairy or being it might be you know they. it was they, they, there were stories where they were helpful um, that definitely, but it's capricious you know they decide it's not people and Okay, say that
0: word for me one more time. I just love that word. Just say it one more time. (laughs) Capricious. (laughs) Capricious. I just love that word. (laughs) Something about that word in your accent. I'm just like, say it again. Say it again. This, this, is <laughs> why I, this is why I wanted to do some podcasts because I am so blessed to have these super cool friends I get to hang out with and have tea and chat with. And we just have the most fun. And I learned so much from all my friends when I'm not afraid to ask questions and I might look like a total ass. And maybe again, I don't know everything. I don't ever pretend to. And I lo- I'm just so grateful conversations and that we can come in here and share this
1: okay so go I'll back be to free. Free. that's <laughs> exactly the same no I'm the same I learn so every time I have a conversation with you I come away from it I think I and I said to you yesterday I said oh you you just slap me in the face with some truth every time I talk to you I learn something and I same with all my friends it, it's really wonderful it's such an amazing community
0: I think that's good friends should always slap you in the face with some truth from time to time
1: <laughs> yeah but gently but gently nice, nice.
0: <laughs> Okay. So capricious. Sorry. I got to, I just,
1: you said the word I just <laughs> lost myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's capricious. So they, so people would leave offerings out for them to placate them. And sometimes you know, particularly if somebody was like, pure of heart or they were particularly kind to the land or something they the fairies would um or the little beings would would help them um and they like for example coming in and cleaning their house or tending to their crops and there's one particular story where they the person they do this for them he says i really just can you just do this for me and they do and they give but there's always there's often a condition attached to that as well so we think about as a story of rumple and I can't remember how the the whole story goes but this this whatever the rumple is it agrees to spin straw into gold but the condition is that the 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 person he's doing it for the lady he's doing it for she has to give him her firstborn child fairies are very keen on children in all stories that's a very big theme mm-hmm. um and then she has to guess his name in order to keep her child you know But obviously, his name's Rumpelstiltskin, so that's just impossible. Um, But there's there's those (laughs) sorts of stories, you know, and the dark, you know, people being taken by the fairies, and there are stories where they help people, but there are definitely stories where they don't. And I think the preponderance kind of goes towards it's a bit of a a scary thing to do. Um, I think we have this really romantic vision of beings that live around us because in the wonderful way we live in a very magical world, a very enchanted world, and people who believe in fairies and believe in um, the older gods or the the spirits of place and things, they tend to um, have this wonderful, they live in a wonderfully enchanted world, which I think is a wonderful thing, and the Celts lived in a wonderful, in an enchanted world, but it it wasn't a safe world, it wasn't, these were things to be in many ways feared, and so I think it's, I would, I don't think it's something you can invoke or work with or ask them to do things for you. That's you can, right. but anyway, so what you're talking make- about,
0: like with rumple stilt skin. Oh, I said it, we were, I was really struggling with that. No. I, I, that came out very well. So I'm not going to try again. Those type of things, those, those are what you would consider contracts when you ask for a direct yeah. favor that is entering into a contract, which kind of leads me into the next part is, you know, during this time at Beltane, I was reading, why do they leave offerings for the, the Faye at this time of year? Why would they leave offerings? And one of the reasons is, is because, st- Our times of great abundance can sometimes put a foul taste in their mouth because we've either, you know, taken too much from the land. Humans in general are just kind of uh, materialistic. And the fang are kind of turned off by that. So during this time of year when that veil again is thin, so it saw when the veil is thin for us in the spirit world. And during this time of year, that halfway mark, the veil is thin between us and the Fae. So the Fae can sometimes have a little bit of a stronger hand in our human existence, as well as us being able to, you know, connect with them. And I've really been feeling that energy Um, and that's why I reached out to you and I actually reached out to a couple friends because I wanted to leave some offerings of gratitude. I've been on the same property for 20 years and I know that there has been some pretty amazing things happening around here that didn't just happen all by themselves, that they were blessed. And I believe that there is a spirit on my land, um, spirits, you know, and I wanted to leave some offerings. We we even have one on video. I'm going to have to upload that onto, um, my website i think um so i i wanted to leave some offerings but i was very careful because i was raised in that you don't dabble (laughs) you just don't dabble there's absolutely what
1: i would say don't dabble like when people want to invoke the old gods they want to invoke the fairies or spirits don't dabble it's it's not what you think it is it's not the abrahamic god that loves you it is a capricious low-key figure don't don't dabble um i i would say that would that was what i would say well and a good example is, is if, if you've us. ever
0: seen in the movies where people find the genie in a bottle and they rub the bottle and the genie comes out and says that you have three wishes you have to be very careful how you word those wishes because mm-hmm. And that goes with, I think, any time that you are manifesting things in general, genie or not, careful how you word things. I always like to leave room for the universe to surprise and bless me. But I've learned to be very careful in the words that I choose because yeah. th- there is no wrong or right. There's no hard or easy in a universal sense, in a magical sense. there There is none of that. Um mm. you might ask like my grandmother uh, years and years ago I called my grandma so proud of myself. I said, "Grandma, I got so upset today and I was feeling so angry and I was just having a, a panic attack is what it was." And I said, and I and I prayed for patience. And she laughed out loud at me <laughs> and it brought me to tears because I was so proud that I sat down and I prayed, you know. And <laughs> she was like, "You don't know what you have done."
1: <laughs> yeah. You pray for things
0: to stop testing your last nerve. You don't pray for patience because you're going to be tested. You're going to be put through trials and you're going to be straight. You're going to be hardened, right? With fire and brimstone. You're going to be hardened into, into that. So I think that same thing kind of goes when you're, when you're, of course, I wouldn't ask favors of the Faye. Again, I'm not trying to enter into a contract with anyone um, other than myself and my higher self and, divine source as a whole, but yeah. Um, I did want to leave some offerings. So can you give me, because I saw that the yellow flowers, they would often put out yellow flowers. And what I read today, interestingly enough, about the yellow flowers was that, let me see, I think I can pull this up while I talk too. I tried to print it. I don't know if it came out, but that people would leave the yellow flowers, like daisies, around their front doorsteps Um, yeah and and it was not necessarily an offering though it was more of something to help ward off because it resembled the evil eye have you ever heard of that before
1: no but the Flower. I haven't heard of that specifically, but the flowers is a very common thing. Um, so May Day. Um, you think of it as above, so below. So when in the other world and the veil, the world through the veil is exactly the same, but it's in a, it's in a, in an ethereal form. And so what's happening here is happening there. Um, so May Day for us, you know, and if you think about back in the day, um, was this big celebration of fertility and, um light and spring and life and um, so they so the same thing is happening in the other world the fairy world if you will and the other world the spiritual realm through the veil which are two distinct and different things um but that what's happening and it's the same thing for them so while we're partying they they're partying and so mm-hmm. It is easier, as you say, the veil is thin, the world the, the at any boundary point, the lines become blurred. Right. Um. so for, to protect them, the women, young women would dance around the maple and there'd be lots of kind of celebrations of, of youth and fertility. And, you know, and they would wear flowers. One of the reasons that we wear flower crowns at Beltane is to protect to protect them. Um. So, yeah, putting outside the house, I have heard of putting flowers outside the door. But in terms of offerings of gratitude, um, the traditional one is bread um fair, it's supposed to be that fairies like mortal bread because it connects them to the mortal realm and they do they want to be involved they're interested in what's going on with humanity um so the bread is a is a classic one bread and milk um which interestingly is what we do about the hedgehogs in the uk um so bread yeah bread and milk is the classic one the other way is to decorate um the hawthorn if you have a hawthorn tree or any really big um tree that's separated on its own so it st- it stands on its own or that stands in the middle of, of a garden or a clearing um, tying um, colored ribbons and um, figure like little little decorations, not bells, mm-hmm. nothing with iron, but tying those things to the tree um, is a really common um, offering as well. It's supposed to bring luck because they appreciate the, the care you're taking of the land. Um, so th- those sorts of things. Um, I will mention really quickly for people who decide to go out and decorate trees, from a
0: conservationist standpoint, to tie your strings very tightly. Some people will drape the strings over branches and thinking that the birds will use them for nesting and it can actually be kind of hazardous to the nesting um, because Mm -hmm. especially the cotton wool um, yarn things like that can absorb moisture and affect the nest so if you do tie something onto a tree tie it very tightly so that it is left indeed for the the fae and not for the birds just a little side note there
1: yeah well you'll see it. it's interesting because when you we you still see it all over all over the british isles people the, these things on the trees you'll still see them and they are they they are on there like they're not they they will they will fade out throughout the year. and um, you could write little messages on the paper and you could you could you could bury you could put them on the tree um or bury them at the foot of the tree without disturbing the roots. Um that that's another another thing you could do. Um oh, yeah, like,
0: yeah. I've also heard that they like honey and lavender.
1: That's something yeah, else. Honey. That was anything honey sweet. and
0: lavender.
1: Yeah cake anything anything sweet, um ale would would be good mead nice. um, wine even and um, the wine is usually more used to anoint the land but yeah anything anything like that so um we- I don't think I don't think they're super picky um it's more I wouldn't use iron because that's used to ward off fairies I wouldn't use that's anything what I was going to ask out.
0: next was was things to protect because I think a lot of people put out the flowers as offerings but flowers are really more of a protective measure sure. against the face so Um, You said iron is protective, bells on doors... So, you know, um, you'll see
1: old English houses will have, you'll always find um, which, you'll often find witch bottles, but you always, always find a horseshoe somewhere on the property and over the doors, um, yes. sometimes also in the lintels over the window, you'll find like an iron, something in iron, a piece of iron or an iron nail, um, and it'll be pure iron because it wards off the fairies um, and wards off those those spirits. Um, so iron is protective. You'll find, um, you'll see a lot of archae- archaeologists when they've discovered like old bodies and stuff they'll be wearing a piece of iron to protect them particularly if they're found along roads and things where they were traveling Um, so yeah iron flowers we've talked about um witch bottles salt around the door is very common bells anything that makes a noise is very common and those sorts of things
0: so I did in this book, I was reading from the other day, and it's one that I grew up with in my house. It's called Fairies, and it is described and illustrated by Brown, Fraud, and Alan Lee. Give credit where credit is due always. Um, they do mention the bells, and they mention iron. We actually we keep a horseshoe above our door. Some uh, They also talk about a knife or open scissors hanging above a baby's cot. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> No, oh no, the I other don't... one. If you want to go down the weird wonderful route, um have a have a man take a take a whittle all around your house and around your garden. Um that's I think that's covered good. here.
0: Yeah, I think I think we've been doing that. I actually get on to the boys about that. I should let them know that they're actually doing me a favor. <laughs> that's so funny um so and it does talk about red thread rowan and the red thread which is a case of the scots where a red ribbon was attached over the front door or tied to the tails of the cattle and this was actually to discourage witches is what they say in here very very cool book they do talk about salt the bible um let's see ancient church yard mold Ancient churchyard mold, that's interesting. Daisy chains, stones with holes. Uh, so you know, if you've ever heard of the um, oh, what are they called? I've got a whole thing of them, and now I've the, the holy stones, the fairy stones. There's hag stones. yes, that's the name I of it. Yeah. So the stones that have the natural holes through them, horseshoes, flax on the floor, clothes turned inside out, so you could have like a glove. Um, tossed inside out and you put it you toss it into a fairy ring so if you've ever if you know what a fairy ring is there's a particular type of mushroom it's a poisonous mushroom um and it looks like an edible one me and the kids have learned about this in our botany but it grows in a ring it's just the way the spores spread and those are commonly known as a fairy ring but they say if you toss a piece of clothing turned inside out it will dispel the revelins. The revel he's written in cursive
1: and I'm having a hard time. Revelins? Yeah, they, they smell the um they smell the humans and so they don't come back. Um oh. it's you do the signs of humanity because they 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 stay away. They're fascinated. The idea is that they're fascinated by humanity, but they're also afraid of humanity, and so they 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 stay out of sight or they'll so if there's signs of humanity, they won't come out. Okay.
0: So, and it also says in
1: here, the burning of thorns on
0: top of a fairy hill will release captive children. Very interesting. So I don't know. I might let them keep my children for a few nights before I did that. (laughs) Who doesn't right? um <laughs> so there is some really interesting things i also read somewhere that you could simmer down some fennel fennel seed and you put that in a bottle and you seal it up and you hide it somewhere in your house um so there's lots of interesting things
1: in- fennel is not native to the british isles um oh, no, so that is? would be a so that would be a later um probably medieval because it was very popular in the medieval time. so that would uh-huh. be a medieval um uh warding Um, and i think it
0: has something to do with i've noticed that 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 certain seeds because of their hard outer shell and plants with thorns um are sometimes brought in in general for protective type spells so the hawthorn tree um, it has the branches, the blackberry this time of year, you've got the thorns and such on that, the roses, again, with the thorns. So all of these plants can add protective elements um, to things like we're currently making some rose water for the for, for Beltane. That was our, our protective um, craft that we're mixing up here at this house. Do you have any special things planned that you could share with us about Beltane?
1: um it's a fire festival so we always have a fire pit or i try to always have a fire pit on the fire festivals um wearing the fair wearing the flower crown i, I love about a flower crown um so always so always that um i like to decorate the tree Um you shouldn't pick or break off any branches of your hawthorn trees and things like that because um it's a bad time for that um you have to you have yeah, it's, it's a bad time for breaking off of branches and things. Um what else do we do? Um Belta is lots of lots of spring things. If you're in a village, you'll go and you watch them the Morris dancers still here. Um yeah, it's a lot of a lot of decorating of trees and fire things. And it's a Celtic festival, so getting really, really drunk is important.
0: <laughs> there you go. I think I think just about anybody could um could carry on with just getting drunk for the season right um well thank you so much do you have any references that you would suggest to people who are curious to learn more about the fae
1: yeah there's a book called the botanical fairy tales of the british isles which is on amazon which has a lot of really good stories i
0: I have that in my shopping cart right now for the kids that's amazing
1: i well i'm definitely gonna grab it it's really good. It's actually got a lot of really good fairy stories. But there's also a website, um, which has, um, a lot of I think it's called Ancient Texts or something, and that has a lot of, a lot of. If you're looking for fairy stories, you're looking to learn more about the fae. I would go back and read and read those old stories. Is what I would do. Get it from the source. Get the information right from the source
0: yes the closer to the source the better there's always so much information that's been recycled and passed around and it's like that game of on this writing, subject. Like,
1: cool. yeah because you're dealing with all this fantasy literature and all the things um i think particularly on this subject like i would always go back to the source always always
0: and then like you said too depending on the time like with the fennel seed or the region that the stories have yeah. maybe come from or been adapted into, things are definitely changing and shifting. Yeah. And while I believe that the craft and celebrations um, should always be suited to the individual and what feels right to yes. you, yeah, I think definitely. that it's really important to, like you said, get the information as close to the source as you possibly can, and then make your adjustments based on that.
1: Um yeah. I would agree I would definitely agree with that and I think retaining the spirit and the and and understanding why you do certain things so that you can make decisions about how you want to do it but you're doing it from a place of retain while you're still going to get the retain that knowledge and that spirit of the the importance of that season, you're really going to get the value of that. Um, and if you don't, if you if you just, you know, if you don't have the good sources, then you you won't have that. And I think you maybe will miss some really cool stuff about it. So that's that's what I would say about, you know, not to say you can't change stuff, but definitely do. But you know, get it from the source when you make an inform make informed decisions.
0: Absolutely. I love that so much. I'm so glad that you came and hung out with me today. Thank you so very much.
1: Inviting me. Uh, that's really cool.
0: I will be listing some of these references on the www.yourwitchnextdoor.com so that people can find some easy links for these things, and people can catch up with you over on Instagram um, for some lyrical wanderings about England at Once Upon an Elderberry. So I encourage people to connect with you over there. I love to hear you speak, but I also love to just read the words that you've written, and and your pictures are always so beautiful and just think, I don't know. I just, I love your page. It's got a great vibe. I think a lot of people would enjoy visiting you there. So unless you have anything else to add, we're going to wrap it up and let everyone go and get about their belting celebrations. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Love. Bye-bye. Bye.